Hey, this is the master of Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty, and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers Podcast. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. That troubles are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name You wanna go where you can see That troubles are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers Where everybody knows your name Especially when you are a master of Tiger Style This is Wrestling Cheers We'd like to talk about things on the Northeast Ohio Independent wrestling scene we preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is an interview with Lee Moriarty. I am your host. I am Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Your ever listening to fine podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com and we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said, this is an interview with Lee Moriarty, who we have on the line. How's it going, Lee? What's up? Uh, how you, uh, how you holding up during the, these, these, uh, quarantine times and, uh, different times of the world without wrestling? I'm cool. I mean, I miss wrestling, but I'm able to keep busy with other stuff. How are you? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm just trying to make the best of it. Much like you, I'm still out there working, still out there doing stuff, uh, out there every day, or at least Monday through Friday, I'm out there. And then on the weekend, most of the time, it's pretty much just staying home, doing nothing. Yeah. So, man, it's it's been a year since you debuted in AIW, and it's been a fantastic fucking ride. One, just, just one year in. H- how do you feel about this year that's been? It's been crazy and it really did start with passing that new tryout initiative at AIW I feel like I didn't really change that much until the latter part of the last year but I got a whole new set of eyes on me because of AIW and then that helped me kind of push my career further but AIW is probably my favorite place to work period it's just so much fun the energy and like the matches the people in the locker room I like people out there and you were the first one out for that match. And how did you feel about that reception? Like, you didn't know exactly know what was going to happen. You were going to either walk out and be uh, like, who's this guy? Which, I mean, has happened and it did happen to some people in that match. But there's also what did happen because you knew there was at least uh, enough people out there that knew who you were. How did that feel to, de- to actually debut and, and walk out of that curtain and get that reaction? That was super cool because, like... <laughs> Like you said, I knew some people probably knew who I was just because of like me working around the Cleveland area and stuff like that. But I definitely didn't expect as many people to know who I was as they did and them to be excited to see me in that environment. It's one thing like I think with a lot of fans, like they might not go to other Cleveland promotions, but you know, you're, you're out of Pittsburgh. And I think a lot of uh, wrestlers, like, well, most of us uh, will see one way or another because of the pr- proximity of Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And yeah. Um, you were a guy who was a standout in, in so many ways. I think the big thing that I always look back at is just hearing about 
you were the only person that did that one seminar, the uh, Ultima Dragon? Yeah, I was like, I guess the first person that wasn't an AIW student to sign up. There were a couple more after me, but I don't know if it was, I was the catalyst, I guess. But I know I was definitely the only person who wasn't an AIW student to sign up. And then they like mentioned that and then a couple other people jumped on. I mean, I I thought that said a lot about you and I just showed the, the determination of, you know, getting outside of a bubble or getting to a new market. I mean, you didn't. I mean, you didn't exactly know that that was going to probably help get you booked. It's just, hey, if, if you want to learn from somebody, why not somebody like Ultimo Dragon? Yeah, it wasn't my intention to like use that to yeah. get booked. It was like I just wanted to learn from Ultimo Dragon because like that's a really rare opportunity to get a seminar from him at all. But like to only have to drive two hours to get that for that extremely reasonable price was worth it. Uh, the that whole show of like you you know, debuting and everything. Um, I think it also helped put a spotlight on the Pittsburgh uh, scene a little bit around this area. And mm-hmm. that's something that I th- I think, maybe it's just me, I think it's doing better, like the Pittsburgh scene. Like there's more people like making it, trying to make a name for themselves and just uh, trying to become something. And I think that that's awesome. I think there it's a scene that there's uh, so many like really good people in there it's just getting the eyes on them. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh wrestling has changed a lot since I started training and I've debuted. And I don't really know what it was or what's changed. But I know, I guess there was this feeling of comfort when I started. Or like people didn't also work together as much. So there was like IWC here. There was PWX and stuff. We didn't really work together. We didn't have joint training sessions and stuff. Nowadays, they have those things. People work together. They travel together. It's not a thing at all. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's helped Pittsburgh Wrestling a lot. And now I've noticed that too. Like It seems like a lot more groups of carloads and stuff are traveling out of Pittsburgh and going further than just like two or three hours, which is really cool. And that's the only way you're going to get noticed. I didn't start really getting noticed until the AIW tryout. And I started driving five and a half hours, six hours by myself just to get on the show. Yeah. Like, I know you did Bizarro. Like, that's yeah. that's a show that I got to sit... I haven't had time to sit down and watch, but I know, like, just when I heard, like, you were going to be there, I'm like, oh, my God. And then you did uh, you did Southern Underground Pro. Yeah. Like, that, w- that was another one, like, when it happened. Like, I told some of my friends down there, I'm like, well, like this is going to be awesome. Wait till you see it. <laughs> and uh, I, th- I think you've you've lived up to that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I try. You're, v- you're very humble and modest, too. <laughs> I don't think I'm like people say it all the time. It's just me being realistic and honest with myself. Yeah, I it might just be like when you're an artist and stuff like that, or even like you do your podcast. Yeah, your perception of your own stuff is going to be different than someone else's. Mm-hmm. So uh, people see me a lot better than I see myself, and it's not like I I think I'm terrible or something like that. I just don't think I'm as good as other people think I am. And that's what makes me work harder because I don't want to like let people down or make people feel like that feel disappointed. Like when people hype me up, like Dom, I'm saying <laughs> best wrestler in America. <laughs> now there's fans on Twitter and stuff thinking, oh, this guy's really good because guys like that are saying that. And it makes me nervous when I go out there and wrestle because now I have to like not suck. I Okay. I, I get that from, from an artist's point of view. I don't, I don't know if I want to call myself an artist as being a <laughs> podcaster, but... I I do get it to where if people like compliment me, like I I don't know how to take it. It's a, 
I would much rather someone tell me like what I need to improve because then I'm like, yeah. all right, like I can do this. Okay. I could do this. This can get this better. Okay. Maybe I didn't look at it like that. Like there was, there's ways that I used to edit a little bit differently than someone said a couple things to me and like, and they're like, ah, this, I didn't really like. And I was like, oh, okay. Let me, let me change that. And I think that that's made me better. But if someone's just like, oh man, you're great. I'm just like, all right. Like, okay. Right. Yeah. So and that's like one of the reasons I did those seminars and stuff too. I want as many different opinions to help me like pick what's going to help me get better. And I think like when I seen you, like I'm trying to remember when I exactly first thing, I think it was another Cleveland organization and um, which is weird too, because I've only ever seen you play a heel outside <laughs> of AIW. Like that was yeah. my, my first um, time seeing you. And that was definitely during all the, Cleveland Golden State thing so you were <laughs> you were on top of that I can't remember it was either you know it couldn't have been the, the first year it had to have been the third year the second loss because it was it, the uh the yeah the final year because I remember I made that sign that said Braun Braun's gone gone it was like after Golden State beat Cleveland and then Braun LeBron decided he was going to sound the Lakers so it was the last one I thought you did more in the third year too but it could I yeah you might be right but it was. It just, might have been at the tail end of the third year, but or like because you were just this big like ha ha screw Cleveland, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of like friends of yours and like I think they're they're getting up there too, and that's the main event. They were they were a team that like I didn't like click with at first. There was just something mm-hmm. about them that I'm like, I just didn't identify with. But I think um, they're the, the same thing. Of I'd always seen them work heel everywhere. And then yeah. I saw them in IWC and like everybody loves them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, they're, they're really good bad guys. What the fuck's going on? And that, uh, getting to see them more and more, they're, they're crazy entertaining. And, uh, I even like when I last seen Gannon, I told him, I'm like, yeah, dude, like I remember when you were wrestling in this area, singles before Duke, before there was a tag team. Yeah. And like that was, that was forever ago. And, I think he had some of it there, but now, like with the team, that's that's it's very fun to watch. Yeah, they're probably the most underrated tag team on the East Coast. I think they like they had their WWE trial and things like that. Once they start getting out more, everybody's gonna know how good they are, and people know how good they are. But there's like I guess this perception thing, especially like in Pittsburgh, there's this somewhat of a bubble where you have to get out more to really get noticed, and they're doing that. Yeah, it goes with like what I said about the, uh, it seems like people are getting out there more. Like you mentioned driving so many hours. I look at, uh, Ziggy, uh, yeah, friend of mine and everything and like going to Black Label Pro shows and there she is. Yeah. And she's only been there for at least, f- I know she was there the two times I was there and she did like pre-show stuff. Mm-hmm. And like from Pittsburgh to Crown Point for pre-show, that's, that's pretty far. Yeah, seven and a half hours. Yeah, like that's that's absolute nuts. <laughs> the funny thing about it though is uh the one time she forgot about the time change. <laughs> like she forgot it was in it was central time and she got there an uh, hour early and she was just mm-hmm. like I didn't think about it. What the hell? <laughs> now I'm here so early. And uh I think the funny part about that conversation at the tra- tail end of it, I'm like, "Oh, you're here early. You can just, you know, run to Portillos and get a chocolate cake shake." She's like, "A what now?" I'm like, oh, you you don't know about Portillo's chocolate cake shake? Let me go tell you about this. I don't think she had it, but I, but but the look on her face was like, the what now? 
Yeah, she's one that travels a lot too. Yeah, there's definitely this weird bubble with um, Pittsburgh, and I don't even know if, if even it's even the fans too. Because I would say, like, if I lived in that area, like IWC is a decent enough promotion. Like, I'm not knocking them. I'm not going to praise them, but I feel like they yeah, were. They, I don't think it's Pittsburgh. Like, we're not doing anything wrong. I just think the exposure is not out there mm-hmm. as much. So, like, um, IWTV is more prevalent. Yeah. Or stuff, uh, you know, even fight, they're more prevalent. So, it's easier to get access to them. We have our thing here, um, IndieWrestling.us, and they do a really good job. It's yeah. just getting more eyes there to see the stuff like UXWA is on there now and all those things. So, it's once they really start building up and, like, it's, it's a mutual thing. Us being on their thing helps them and us and them filming us helps us. Yeah, because that's uh, that's mixed in with Sorgatron. Yeah, I I, I love that dude. Um, got a couple chances like like talk to him, speak to him because I know he was at the one UXWA show I was at, and like we we shot the shit and uh, great dude. Because I I love um with just what they do with kind of like podcast stuff. Like I don't get to listen to everything. I try to download mm-hmm. it at least support them that way. But um, just this whole like they have a podcast studio and you know people can come in and do stuff and like it looks mind-blowingly amazing of like it's not like crazy graphics but it's just it looks very very professional like i'm doing this you know in my house over skype and and all this kind of stuff but they've got like legit stuff and i that's one thing i love seeing but again it goes with like it definitely goes with that exposure thing like people don't know all what's going on in pittsburgh yeah and uh i even think pwx that's pittsburgh right Uh um yeah i remember watching them on fight but i think they were older episodes i didn't even know they were on fight i, I like i wasn't like this was a couple this was a like handful of years back and the episodes i'm watching mm-hmm. were a handful of years old at that point the only person that i remember on a show there was a couple that i knew but the one that sticks out because it was my introduction to him was uh pollock oh yeah and i mean i think that's been one of the the brighter spots of you know the pittsburgh scene of like what they've done storyline wise like the that's actually probably what threw me really into the Pittsburgh scene was Team Storm. Pollock, yeah. He's that guy in Pittsburgh that if he gets that one opportunity, he'll blow up. And very, very entertaining at the same time. Mm-hmm. Not he can work both sides too, like mm-hmm. the face, the heel, all that stuff, the different personalities, every type of match. What other places um, do you want to work at outside of AIW right now Like that you've had like some goals on? Hmm. I think the biggest one would be PWG just because I grew up watching that, mm-hmm. that, and, um, and that's another big accomplishment is to be flown to the West coast being an East coast dresser. I feel like that's a big level up. Mm-hmm. There's another place out there, West coast pro. I would really like to work with their newer, I think, but they've been doing good stuff. Um, I really like the production on defy wrestling. So that would be one. And then the other one is out in the same areas. Defy is called uh, Three Two One Battle. I just think it's so much fun. They have like live commentary and things like that. I like different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think definitely PWG is one of the the bigger ones. And I maybe I don't know if it's just me. Like I feel like I don't hear about them as much as I used to. Like for a while, like they were yeah. like one of the biggest you know c- companies in America. And then I don't know whether it was because of AEW forming or what, but like for some reason, like I just don't hear about them as much as I used to. 
I feel like it might be a combination of a few things like um, just talent being constantly signed. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them don't get established a lot over a long period of time like they used to. And then the other thing is the way things have changed. They still do their DVD thing. They don't really stream or digital downloads, which they still make a profit and they still do really well. But the ease of access is different. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, well, if you're still making a profit on physical media, I mean, to, yeah. me, to me, that is like, awesome. You don't want to change your formula no. if it's still working. And it's just weird. Like in 2020, you're making a profit, like like I said, on social, I mean, on uh, physical media. Like, yeah. That is that is the one of the rarest of the rare things because I feel like that's something in the past, you know, five, six years that has just gone by the wayside. I try to keep up with it as much as I can because I mm. there's something about physical media that um that you're holding it and it you own it and you could you know if it's a book like you can bend the pages you can highlight make notes and and whatever um, yeah. like I even think back to like maybe like WF magazine if they were to bring that back digitally to me it wouldn't be the same because mm. growing up with that you know was something I could hold and read through and there was like handful of issues that I I went through a lot because like they had some of my favorite stuff on it and now you know even like pay-per-view results which were always months uh behind it was still like cool to see all this official stuff and now if you want anything wrestling related there you can go on the internet and and it means all that's gone yeah and i think it adds it it's a positive thing too because even though it's not underground it still feels a little more underground because a lot of wrestling now you can just go on your phone and click it and you can watch it immediately pwg you have to get it mailed in you have to wait so it's like a little bit harder to get it's like training around a mixtape of music like you yeah. can't just go and get this immediately whenever you want you have to go through a process and that makes it like that unattainable feeling even though it's not unattainable makes it more interesting i think how is it that you can watch something instantly from japan but this one thing from california is the <laughs> is this something you gotta wait so long for when you would figure maybe like japan stuff would still be like all right we still got a tape trade we are dvd trade or file share or whatever but now it's yeah <laughs> PWG is like that. I think the only time I hear about them is for Bola. Yeah, that's the. I think Bola, uh, the Mystery Vortex, and All Star Weekend are like their big things that I hear about them the most. How's your uh, Japanese coming along? Pretty good, actually. (laughs) I'm almost done with this beginner book I have. I think I only have one chapter left. And I would like watch YouTube videos and things like that. And now I'm starting to pick out words. Okay. So. I don't think I'll be fluent anytime soon. And I looked up the average time it takes to do that. And it's like a year and a half. I've only been about it a little over a year. So I'm getting there. It's hard because it's the complete opposite of English, but it's doable. Like, what do you mean that it's the complete opposite of English? I've never studied any type of language like that. So explain to me that. So I don't want to say it's backwards. It's not backwards. It's different than ours. Yeah. But the structuring of their senses is different than ours are. So, say here, we say, I play sports. There, it's like sports, I play. And they have these things called particles, which I guess we do too, like two and there, things like that. Yeah. They have them, and they're spe- but they're specifically after each thing. Right? And if you notice, like, if you try to read Japanese, it's like all together. So, it's like you can't really pick out the words unless you understand how Japanese words were here. There's space between words, so you know where one word stops and the next one starts. Mm-hmm. that was the hard thing for me is trying to figure out how to read Japanese. 
and because they have three different alphabets, now I'm starting to catch on and figure out like which alphabet means what and how to break it up. Like, what do you mean they have three alphabets? It's like because they have like different dialects or like what? So there's hiragana, katakana, and kanji. Hiragana is, I guess, the most common type. I don't want to say most common, but it's like their language. Then katakana was created to translate foreign words. So English words, words like milk, isn't isn't is like a foreign word to them. So it's spelled with that that alphabet. It won't be spelled with the other alphabet. And then kanji comes from Chinese, so they're more they're more like symbols instead of a written out thing. Okay. So once you figure out which is which, which you're able to break it up and you can figure out like this is a word here, this is a word here, this is a word here, instead of trying to kind of read this all under no spaces and not know, knowing what's what. Yeah, that's that's crazy. At least from my point of view, like nothing I can get, like nothing against <laughs> yeah. it. Like obviously, like bravo to you for doing that. Uh, I've always kind of wanted to learn other languages, but like I know when I was in school, it was something you were supposed to do. I never did, mm-hmm. and. Um, so, like, I think, but our school, like, we only had German and Spanish, and I don't know if those were, like, mm. two languages or one of them that you know, that I would want to learn. Yeah. But Japanese, like, I don't know, there's, it's definitely a place that I, I want to visit, um, whether it be for, for the wrestling yeah. or even some of the culture. Like, the crazy thing is, like, I'm not hardcore into a lot of the Japanese stuff. Like, I'm not big on anime. I'm mm. uh, not big on, like, which am I, anime related, but, like, like, Pokemon, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. There's other things Japanese I know that I'm just not into, but like I love uh, food. So he, seeing some of the stuff that they do and like the, just how different uh, products are over there, like that has always fascinated me. And um, mm. just some of like just Asian culture in general, like them, China, South Korea, of some of the, like buildings and everything. Like I think like, yeah. just to like walk around some of those areas would be so cool because of like, just how old those countries are. Mm, yeah that's one thing i like about japan too is the aesthetic how they have different cities you'll have one that has all these temples and shrines and another one you go in like tokyo which is modernized and so high tech and just seeing all the unique stuff Mm -hmm. i really like the aesthetic of that stuff it's not like me just liking japanese wrestling and stuff like that i really like things they do there differently or even the respect culture there Mm -hmm. their matters like how Stuff I didn't know about until I started researching how there's almost no littering, there's no graffiti and stuff, just because how much they respect their things. So that's like stuff that's completely opposite. If you come here and you go to like New York or downtown Cleveland or Pittsburgh and there's trash around, it doesn't happen there. Do you, do you think they have squirrels in Japan? I don't know. I just found <laughs> out we had squirrels in Cleveland like a year ago. <laughs> I swear there were not squirrels in Pittsburgh for a while. I didn't see any. And then they magically popped up. <laughs> Yeah, that, that blows my mind, that squirrel thing, but uh, I never knew that about no graffiti and littering, because, I mean... Yeah, it's rare. That's Detroit. I mean, that's many cities, but <laughs> in a sense, that's Detroit. But you're telling me, yeah. like, oh, they don't have any of that. It's like, wow. Yeah, it's, it's seen as art here sometimes, but then it's also vandalism there. It's It's more strict, I guess, on the punishments on that. I don't know for sure, but it seems like it's just a big no-no stuff like that you don't do there but to me it makes perfect sense i mean why would you why would you litter why would you uh you know deface property like that i think the the graffiti more than anything but you know we're we're taught at a you know young age like don't litter but we all litter one way or another yeah americans don't like to listen (laughs) 
just look at like the stay home order and people going out or in Japan, they pretty much listen pretty well. They were doing that mask thing for the same reason they told us to start doing it here. It was if you felt ill or something like that, you put that mask on. It wasn't to protect yourself from others. It was the opposite. Yeah. the protect others from you that's the one thing i always notice like when i'd watch japanese wrestling like i'm not big into it i spent like a a couple years trying to watch new japan but i officially gave up mainly because they don't have an easily accessible app like on roku Mm -hmm. which i like to please do a simple point click watching stuff but um you know seeing fans in the crowd who would have those masks on you know for for years and then also one thing that I noticed with the culture, I think maybe it's more of a respect thing is, you know, you get cameras near uh, American fans, or just probably other just non-Japanese fans. A lot of them are, you know, making gestures or d- doing things looking into the camera. But you watch, <laughs> you watch the yeah. Japanese rest and like they, they act like, or at least most of them act like the camera's not even there. Yeah, they. And I was actually talking to Duke about this one day and he brought up a good point I never thought about. If you watch Japanese wrestling, they don't really have chants like they do here in America. So in Japan, it's if you watch, they really only chant the wrestlers' names. They don't have like the this is awesome and stuff like that, unless WWE goes over there and then it's like they're playing along because they respect that that's their culture, how it's done here in America. But they try to make it as little about them as possible, the fans do, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I loved about it. I'm like, oh, these fans aren't trying to get themselves over. They're just, they're watching the yeah. show. They're enjoying the show. And it's rare. And it, <laughs> if they're going to be opposite yeah. from anybody, they're opposite uh, from the chanting part from uh, UK fans. Yeah. And I don't mind like that stuff either. Like the UK, I love hearing those chants. And, then, and for the most part, if you watch UK, like Progress Wrestling, I watch that. The fans don't do it at times just to please themselves. It, It'll be like a rally thing, and it's fun. Yeah, it's a it's a culture thing that probably, and this is me just guessing, probably stems from you know their football slash soccer, where like yeah. that's like that's what all that's about of chance and and, right. and all that kind of stuff. And I think, I mean, it, it's bled a lot into it does for one reason or another. But uh, I did get to go to a progress show, and that might have been one of the most I want to say one of the most fun shows I've ever been to. Like I love mm-hmm. AW and like. A lot of those shows probably rank technically higher, but I think it was the fact of uh, when I went, which was down in Orlando, it felt like you took progress and you just lifted it from England and like just transplanted it over here for a show. <laughs> like it, it felt so genuine and I don't I don't think that's something you get everywhere. Yeah. Sometimes they, uh, they end up adapting to the environment they're in instead of just staying the same. Yeah. Is there anybody in the the Pittsburgh thing in the Pittsburgh scene that you think there should be more eyes on? The number one guy I would say in Pittsburgh would be Andrew Palace to me. Like I've been able to bring in a mm-hmm. ring with him twice, and I think he's extremely good in his personality and his attitude towards wrestling. I feel like he's gonna be one over the next year or so that you will see more of because I do know he is starting to travel more, and he was planning on traveling more before all this started happening. So I would say he's probably the main one. Um, and then you have the guys that you know about, like the main event, someone like MV Young, who's from Pittsburgh, he, does his thing. He's been so good of just getting out there social media wise. Like, I think he yeah. was one of those people I knew his name, but I didn't know much about him. And then because I could probably see flyers all the time of you know shows and everything. where I'm like, all right, like I, I've heard of that name. 
But then, mm-hmm. like, now he's, like, being out there way more on social media. And I think that says one thing about this era that we're in, that if you can find some way to get over on social media, especially right now with everything going on, that's mm-hmm. going to that's gonna leave an impression that is really hard to duplicate. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, wrestling-wise, he's not really any different than he was a year or so ago, but he's found his voice and that's helped more people pay attention to him that aren't even wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. So now he's bringing in new fans that aren't necessarily already wrestling fans and making them fans. So that's cool. Yeah, I, I think one that I would mention that we haven't mentioned, because obviously I, I mentioned Ziggy, she's been on the show, you know, she's awesome, but I think Honey Badger doesn't get a, get enough love. Yeah, she is a really good character, and I think she will. I know, I guess she worked somewhere out in Ohio, right? So she was starting to travel more. She worked. I can't think. OCW? Yeah, she worked. I know she worked OCW because that was my second yeah. time seeing her because I saw her at Revenge Pro. Yeah. So she's done that. She's done OCW. She's done the place on Day and Poser. Mm-hmm. So she would push out more. She even did um, The Rise with an Eye. Oh. So is, is it, is, I don't know if it's Shine or Shimmer's thing, but like they're, I guess, developmental. I don't want to say developmental, but it's like to get new talent on. She was a part of that before. I want to say it's Shine because I would say in my mind it's Rise and Shine, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but that I, sounds right. I could be wrong. I think they're all like connected, but I, yeah, that's what I think too. But yeah, like she did it when they were here in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and then she did it in all of Chicago. So she's been doing that more, and she's been pushing to get out there too. Yeah, that's weird. I've ne- <laughs> you know you're from this area, whether it be Pittsburgh or Cleveland. Or just say Northeast Ohio or Western PA is if you have to say rise with a Y or rise with an I. <laughs> because yeah. I could be like, oh, Lee Moriarty had a match in rise. What? what? It's not the all female. No, the, it's with a Y. <laughs> it's in Pennsylvania. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's different. It, and rise with a Y, I think they trademarked that or they got their name before rise with an I came out. I'm pretty almost positive because I remember this. Because Brandon was still with PWX when he was developing Ross the Y and getting his promoter's license. So, yeah. I didn't know that. We're not copying. No <laughs> one's copying. It's just a coincidence that there's two promotions. One's just spelled differently. Yeah, but I, I'm glad that there's a way to differentiate them. It's not like yeah. they were... Um, it's like the same... GCW. Gen- yeah, it's not like the same initial, initials to where it's like, oh, we're, we're going to get them confused. Because that's like, well, which one do you mean? Yeah, you said GCW. It's like, all right, do you mean, you know, the Game Florida Changer? They... Yeah, or do you mean the one in Florida? Like, let us, yeah. let us know because <laughs> there's a difference. And uh, but I do love that difference. Like listening, like for example, like listening to like stuff from Zorgatron when he's talking about that. Like you ha- you do have to mention like which one it is. But I th- I think I didn't hear about them until after the other rise, and I never thought uh-huh. they were copying each other because they're just so far away. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think it's it's awesome. Like what they're what they're doing. If I could ever get out to a show, I would. Obviously, with everything going on, you can't get out to any shows. But um, mm. I think with a lot of cool people, I know one way or another that you know show up at these shows. I had rise. Like I I need to get there. Yeah, it's fun. How how'd you feel about those matches with Alex Shelley? Because if I'm correct, that was that was a huge dream match for you. Yeah, it was a dream match. I grew up watching Motor City Machine Guns and TNA, one of the best tag teams. And to find out he was coming back to wrestling was really cool. 
because I remember seeing him show up in Ring of Honor doing that promo talking about his fingerprints being on independent wrestling. And I was one of those guys that did influence his style. And the final he's coming back to AIW is really cool because now I'm there and I get to watch this guy live and study him and get advice. And with, I think two or three matches in, I'm one of his opponents, which is insane to think because I was in February, I was the new guy. Mm-hmm. But those matches definitely helped me put things in perspective, just wrestling and outside of wrestling. Like the conversations I had with him about how he decided to go get his physical therapist degree and stuff like that made me want to up my education. He's just really helped me a lot. And he's always given me advice. And like he'll check up on me regularly even during this right now. It's really cool. Like watching those as a fan and knowing like that was a, a dream match. And then like you got three matches out of it. <laughs> yeah. Like Thorne said, I think he said on his podcast too, it wasn't supposed to be three. I think it was going to be a one-off match and then it went well. So they wanted to do the rematch. And after that, it happened to end up being that third one and tie a stipulation to it. And it'll be in a submission match. So fun to watch. And then you get, you get the victory on the, the third match. And did you know any of that stuff that he was going to say? No, I <laughs> Every time he's grabbed that microphone after a match, that was not like a part of a thing. That was always just 100% him grabbing the mic. Like, There's times I was getting ready to like leave. Like, walk. <laughs> I remember, uh, what was it? After the second match, I was ready. Like, Once I rolled the ring, I was about to peace out. And I think Tom Dunn was like, hey, stay here. I was like, what? And I was looking at the ring. He has microphones. Oh. And then that third one, when he said that, we were like live on IWTV. Yep. So I definitely wasn't expecting him to grab a microphone and he did that. And he said all the stuff he said was really cool. Like helping me get to Japan, wanting to be a tag team and stuff like that. It's really cool. That was a, like, as a fan, that was a fantastic moment. Like I remember being like so happy for you, uh, just cause I, I know what Japan means to you and yeah. you, know, he's saying that he can help you get there. Whether, I mean, whether when that happens, we don't necessarily know, but I know a lot of us are rooting for you. And I had a, I had a conversation with a wrestler that I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, he would hate it if he heard me saying this. But we had a, we had a conversation about you, and you know he was one. He's one of those dudes that said that you're like you're going to go to Japan one day. He knows it, and I think this was before um, like all the Alex Shelley stuff. And he was just like, "Yeah, I th- like like Lee's great. Lee's fantastic, and like the more people that find out about him, the better." And like he's going to go to Japan, like just mark my words i was like dude i completely agree with you that's the goal i hope so i felt like i was really close to it before all this stuff happened and but it's like everything happens for a reason so i'm not sweating it It just gives me more time to practice japanese and get better and study i think you were when we did the year in review for last year you were i'm gonna say pretty much unanimously debut of the year ed did say mikey millennial but i know in his heart he meant you because because um it was just that you go from you know debuting and then we, we were all behind you one way or another and i think it's crazy you probably picked up fans that didn't know who you were that day and like that's led to so much more to where when you did get that match with alex shelley just not knowing we were, we were going to get three matches out of it, it's like this this is going to be big this is going to be huge and, yeah and, and then like to get the support from the fans going against someone like alex shelley is really cool I just don't know if you should come out with a Golden State Warriors thing on. Look, I have not. 
come out with any warrior stuff since I started working for AIW. There's been times I almost put on my like Clay Thompson jersey to just come up to Cleveland. I was like, ah, I probably shouldn't wear this. So I have not worn any Golden State anything since coming to AIW just because I don't want to start no problems and have to like, you know, square up with somebody in the parking lot. I <laughs> I think it could be acceptable. I think we have a handful of uh, Steelers fans. Yeah, I've gotten over it. Like, it's cool now. Uh, I'll say this. Like, I got over it this the once we won one. Not, not only just uh. winning it, <laughs> coming uh, back from being down uh, three to one, which I was someone who never, like... It was a fluke. <laughs> I don't know. To win three games after being down like that, it's kind of more than a fluke. But I look at it as I was someone who never hammered that home to anybody because I was like, you know what? What happened to the Warriors was some Cleveland shit and gave it, yeah. give it so many months later, the Indians did it. And I was like, see, that's why I didn't make fun of it because <laughs> this is what happens to us and all you people who made fun of it. You just now have to eat it. Cause I know people like after we won the third, um, world series game, they're like, it's over. We're going to win. We're going to win the world series. And I'm like, uh, we were just down three to one in the NBA finals. Let's let's pump our brakes and wait till the clock strikes zero and we win a fourth game before we celebrate. And of course, all that happens. But after that, um, I didn't. I don't not say I didn't care as much because obviously, when the third and fourth series came up, I was rooting for Cleveland. Didn't happen, mm-hmm. but I wasn't. I wasn't upset. Like, yeah. And even with LeBron leaving, I'm I'm not upset either because. The big thing I think was when he left the first time was because he said like, oh, I'm like, I'm going to win one for Cleveland. I'm going to win a championship for Cleveland. And he didn't. So I was always really Mm -hmm. pissed about that. He comes back, takes us to the finals when we probably shouldn't have mainly because of the the injuries and everything. But when we get get the second chance and win it, like that feels so much better now. Like I have, you know, I've made friends because of, you know, that kind of feud. And um, Mm -hmm. I laugh at, at, you know, three and four, but one, one kind of sucked. And uh, <laughs> the second year of winning it, though, it was just like, I've never felt that as a fan. I've never felt like the, that feeling of winning a championship. Uh, Indians have never done it. Browns have never done it. Browns have never even made it to the AFC championship game. But here have it, the Cavs, like on the third try of my lifetime, make it and win it. And it felt so good. Like right now in my office, I have my old LeBron jersey that I had from his, his original run. Still never, never burn it, never did any of that shit. And then I have the championship hat and shirt because my thing as a fan, I always wanted to buy that. Like I'd always see like these teams win the championships. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could buy those like for my team. So now that yeah. I have it, like it's, it's chilling in my office. I'm like, to me, that's, that's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't need anything else. Three and four suck, granted, but hey, uh, <laughs> at least we won fucking one. Yeah. I'll give y'all one, I guess. What? I mean, well, let's put it this way. We're, um, we're down three to one in uh, four years, but there's no way we're going to come back from at least that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I am not anti-Cleveland or anti-LeBron or anything. I still, I think it's controversial. I don't remember who got hurt. Somebody got hurt when y'all won the title. But also at the same time, I remember it was a Kyrie got hurt in the first year. So it's, I always wonder what would happen if no one got hurt in both of those series. Yeah. Because I feel like the injuries, like, change stuff for both. Yeah. Uh, we also, we, we suffered from the love injury in the first year, not from this series, yeah. that exact series, but from the Boston. 
which I remember yeah. after that year, there was like rumors that Kevin Love was going to go to Boston. I'm thinking, why the fuck would Kevin Love want to go to Boston, the same team, and probably I forget who who broke his arm, but it's like, why would you want that person to be your teammate? Granted, I get it, it's business, but that yeah. person broke your arm. Like, yeah, I remember. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember his name, but he had like the long blonde hair. Yeah, I don't remember who it is. He wasn't going to Boston. <laughs> yeah, that, that, like I said, I thought that was absolutely crazy. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's start to wrap this show up with the Fave Five questions. Hey, this is Booker T, five time champ, and this is the Fave Five questions. Now, can you dig it? All right, and uh, much like Booker T's Fave Five, there's more than five. So, question number one. Uh, let's go with wings, bone in or out? Uh, out. Oh, okay. That's a that's a rare answer. Every almost everybody says bone in. So if you're gonna ask out, why? Because it's easier. I don't understand why I gotta make stuff more complicated. <laughs> um, I get that. I've heard uh, they're easier, like easier to eat. So like you're not you're not getting all all messy. Some people say you get more more meat. Um, but I've also heard recently, which is a good counterpoint, is uh, wing meat is dark meat. Bone out, boneless wings are white meat. So it's not. I mean, wing. I guess. Technically, but it's, it's yeah. chicken. Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, I I prefer in, but like I'll never like turn down out. Yeah, just like I like flats more than drums, but I'll never throw away drums because I've been given them. I'm still going to eat them because it's chicken wings right. and they're great. Yeah. <laughs> Question number two: Which do you prefer? And this is kind of good because you're not really either of them: deathmatch wrestling or comedy wrestling comedy wrestling 100%. I want to be I want to do more comedy wrestling. Really? But like, yeah. I guess I kind of got into this bubble where people know me as like the technical guy and stuff like that, which is never really my goal is to be known as a technical wrestler. I just like that style of wrestling. But I want to do more comedy wrestling. I want to wrestle Kiki Taro. Yes. I want to wrestle the Invisible Man. I want that's <laughs> why I want to do that stuff. That's why like I made that video of me wrestling that inflatable thing. Because in DDT Pro, Koda wrestled the uh, Yoshihiko, the inflatable doll. That stuff's funny to me, and it's entertaining, and it's different. I want to do more of that stuff, and I hope I get a chance to do more of that. I I should have figured you're going to say comedy wrestling, because you you kind of have a comedy wrestling aspect to you. Um, maybe not as much in AIW, because a lot of the technical stuff, but I felt like when I've seen you in in other companies, when you were heel, like you got to show a little bit more of, of a comedy. Was it like slapstick? No, but... Um, maybe there would be times you look like a fool or the fact of your catchphrase was just shut up. It wasn't just a simple <laughs> shut up, it was shut up. <laughs> Which, not necessarily, the like I said, the funniest thing in the world, but it shows more than just this technical lead that we we yeah. come, come to love. There's layers to me. <laughs> I gotta start showing more of those in my matches. <laughs> uh, question number three. I've had this on my list, but I don't ask it a lot. But you're the perfect person for this. Uh-oh. GIF or JIF? Uh, GIF. Do you have a reasoning why? Because it's with a G. I think it's it's a weird thing. Like, I could, I, I'll say both. Like, it doesn't really bug me. It's almost like uh, yeah. Indian Indie. I've... Yeah. I, I learned... <laughs> when I first heard about independent wrestling, and it was called Indie Wrestling, everybody spelled it, or at least people that I knew spelled it I-N-D-Y. And then more yeah. people have been like, well, it's... It's it's I N D I E because that's independent and I'm like okay but does it really matter? Yeah, I'm like, I get it. Like, but like I knew about defend indie wrestling, so that's why I always yeah. thought it was a Y. 
I, I understand. It's the same thing. Like GIF and GIF, I understand. But if if it's out of context and someone says GIF, I'm going to think peanut butter. True. I think with uh, with the, the indie thing I've always said too, it's like is if you're if you're supporting it, it shouldn't matter because yeah. you're you're helping it live. And mm-hmm. um, the thing that I thought of recently, like why does when did grammar ma- uh, matter in wrestling when we have all these tag team names with Z's at the end? <laughs> Look at the Bitcoin boys. Bitcoin boys. Yeah, exactly. The Hardy boys and then all that. Like, what does it matter? But I don't know. It's 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 a fun little thing. But I've never really asked that because I think a lot of people either they don't care or it's. I would. I think GIF kind of does make sense because, like you mentioned, a great point of uh, if you say GIF, you think peanut butter. Mm. Yeah, this one I don't care either. But that's just like GIF and GIF. Like it's not a big deal. But I like my mind automatically thinks GIF. Yeah. Question number four: Favorite video game console? Console? Uh, I would say Xbox. Oh, uh, ah, ooh, it's hard. So like, I like Xbox 360 because it's just nostalgic. That was like my first major game console where I could play things online and stuff with people. But they had that red ring of death that like pissed me off, having to wrap my Xbox in a towel and cool it off and all that stuff. I, so it's yeah. I got the red ring. And you know what kind of made it worse? What? Uh, it was the day after my birthday, number one. Uh, <laughs> number two, the day after my birthday is none other than April Fool's Day. <laughs> so I got the red ring of death on April Fool's Day. And I'm like, this is a sick fucking joke. <laughs> and the, the game that it gave it to me on, because it, like, it froze, I turned it off, turned it back on, and boom, red ring, was mm. WWE Legends of WrestleMania. Oh, I remember that. I I wanted to do some sort of tag team match. It was Le- maybe Legion of Doom versus DX at WrestleMania Nine, just because I thought I'm like I'm like that would be cool. And then during the entrances, it froze, and I'll never for- I'll never forget that because I'm like this is some bullshit. <laughs> I think I think the 360 is a good console. It is one of my favorites. I've leaned towards uh and uh Super Nintendo as my favorite of all time. But there is mm-hmm. uh, a good period that I spent, you know playing xbox 360 so i i can get that that's why i have an xbox one now yeah question number five let's go with kind of sticking the same same genre favorite arcade game uh, i think the one i spent the most time playing on my sega genesis and also like in movie theaters probably mortal Kombat, but also uh street fighter street fighter is overall my favorite but I didn't get to play it as much, so I'm going to go with Mortal Kombat. I could never get into fighting games. Like, I had Street Fighter 2, but mm-hmm. not for, obviously, for Super Nintendo. I did okay at it, but, like, I, I could never do combos. And then, like, as everything has progressed, like, that's what a lot of those fighting games turned into. And I'm just horseshit. Like, I'm just butt mashing. Hopefully, something sticks. <laughs> I like it when I'm playing against people that I count on my level. People have those custom, big, giant, arcade-looking controller things for the Xbox and stuff. Yeah. I, like, I can't handle it. But, like, Street Fighter was... I love playing that. And then, I guess, like, I have Xbox One, too. They don't make it for that because it's, like, a PlayStation exclusive. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's uh, Sony-owned, so they're like, yeah, Xbox, y'all can't have this one. Uh, I guess that makes sense. I always felt like growing up, the... Which I think it was true. The most popular one was Mortal Kombat, and mainly I think everybody liked it because of the blood. But if you you look mm-hmm. at the, the time period when those were around, that was also uh, ECW 
was getting uh, yeah. g- getting popular and like it was pre a little bit pre attitude errors. I'm like, yeah, we were in that realm where it was like, oh, is there blood? Oh, this is awesome. I love it. So I I guess that makes yeah. sense. But I could never get into either of them. All right, uh, question number six, which I usually tailor around my guest. And for you, um, it's actually something a uh, subject that I, I uh, skipped over with you, but because I don't think there's a lot to talk about. But I want to know. How long were you in Taekwondo and why did you quit? So I was in Taekwondo for a few months. I think I had a yellow belt with a green stripe. Okay. And the only reason I left is because at the time my family just couldn't afford to keep sending me because I was also going to private school. Okay. Out in the area just to keep me out of the neighborhood I was in. Like that's basically why they had me doing Taekwondo and going to private school is to keep me out of the neighborhood I was growing up in. Is like keep me away from those like that environment. But it wasn't my choice. I loved it, but like it's just a situation we couldn't keep going. I did Taekwondo for I don't remember how many years. I don't know how our belt system compares to others. Like we didn't do stripes. It was uh, mm-hmm. you had just white, yellow, orange, green, blue, red, three degrees of brown, and then I think there was like seven or more degrees of black. I quit per se when I got mm-hmm. the first degree of brown and it wasn't just a difficulty thing. The funny thing is it was had to go with like kind of money thing. Uh, the guy, yeah. the guy who ran that school that I went to, not the, the overall owner, like the guy who ran that particular one. Cause he had, I think two or three in the area. Um, he owed my dad's company some money mm-hmm. and my dad was kind of like, we have this, he's always sitting there saying like, you know, you got to pay your tuition to pay your tuition, pay your tuition. And he's like, he hasn't paid all his bills for us. So, Mm-hmm. You know, we're just kind of going to kind of pull you from that. And I was getting to a point where I wanted to play baseball and like I want to do other stuff. And then, the yeah. co- but the cool thing is he was a great teacher and I ended up going back a couple years ago before he officially retired. And like, he let me come back for free and just like, I was only going one That's day, dope. I was only going one day a week, like on Saturday. So that was something that I, I did love doing. And it was, uh, something that I, I too did when I, when I was younger. And I think, uh, I feel like a lot of people like didn't do that kind of stuff. Like, it's rare. Yeah. I think I was the only kid in my school that did it. There was probably one other kid, but he's in a different grade than me. I liked it, and it actually helped me in wrestling because it's a lot easier for me to do some of the more martial arts, like, strikes and all that. Do you know what it weirdly helped me in, I feel like? That was a marching band. I was in marching band really? in high school, and uh, there wasn't necessarily, like, the moves or what helped me. It was, like, for example, like, when you key up, like, you know, you were taught how to do it properly, you know, from your di- diaphragm. And when uh, we, we were, we were, we would be told ban- uh, band commands or whatever. Like, I was legitimately the loudest person. And there were people in the, the nearby neighborhood of our school would be like, yeah, I could hear you clearly. Like, <laughs> I would hear everybody else, but I can pick out your voice of how loud you could be in those moments. And then uh, whenever we were marching, it was kind of more like when you kind of learn moves and like how to properly sh- strike and, all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of, more, which is to me felt always more a little bit military of like how um, smooth you had to be with forms and everything. So I yeah. kind of did the same thing with marching of like the same kind of discipline and everything. All right, man. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, keep supporting indie wrestling with an I, E, or a Y, <laughs> I guess. You want to throw out your all your handles, which everybody should know, but. Oh, yeah, that is a thing, huh? Okay, uh, it's pretty much just Apex of Combat, all one word, on all social medias. Try to keep it simple, easy to find. I personally love it when anybody does that, because that's, that's the reason why I like Wrestling Cheers and my personal 
you know, heavy set three three zero. It's uniform everywhere because I want to. Yeah. If anybody wants to find me, they can find me really easily. And also, if I sign up for a particular social media thing and I forget it, if I go to re-sign up later, it'll be like, oh, someone's taken that. I'm like, oh, it's me. I forgot. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before. Uh, any new uh, t-shirt designs or anything? Because I know that's something a lot of people have been working on. Um, I'm designing one right now for like spring, summer. It's pretty much just my Tiger style logo, but it's warped and like in the style of ice cream. Uh-huh. I haven't been releasing stuff as much just because I still have my job. And I like I don't want to push my stuff as much when there are people that need it more than me. I, I don't know how to like explain it, but it's like yeah, I don't want people to think like just buy my shirts just because they think that financially I'm in a different situation than I'm in. Yeah. So I try to be like transparent about that stuff. I am designing stuff for spring and summer just because I like designing stuff as an artist. But it's like yeah, awesome. Um, you can find Liam at what he said. And you can find myself at Heavy Set Three Three Zero. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email, if you so choose, desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said, please rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast, wherever it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Your Vision Showcase, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, Kick Out at Two, Wrestling Nerds Radio Network featuring IndieCast and This Makes No Sense, Center of the Universe, Sobros Network, The Co-Host Wrestling Show, Spotlight Series, Not Ready for Primetime Wrestling, and It's At Odds with Wrestling. Check out our other non-podcast friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Sickening Pitchers, Good Company, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Design. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even if you are a Golden State Warriors fan. Uh, later. Sir!